Welcome to the Period Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Cynthia Donovan, registered dietitian and period recovery expert who has been where you currently are. This is the podcast to listen to if you want your period back month after month, or if you want to restore your fertility and feel more relaxed around food and exercise. Consider this your safe space that will take the guests and the stress out of period recovery and bring you the information, the inspiration, tools, stories, and empowerment that are key in getting your period back month after month. Get ready to be inspired, get ready to get your period back, and get ready to get your life back. Come on, let's dive in. Hi, everyone. My special announcement is that the Eat to Regain Your Period group coaching program is back and now accepting clients for 2024. So picture this, more support, more personalized updates based on the latest client's research and even more time with myself. Yes, you heard it right. I am ready to guide you on your journey to getting your period back and restoring your fertility. So that's not all. For a limited time of December 2023 and January 2024, I am offering a special discount of $150 off the program. Can you believe it? And it's my way of saying like, let's make 2024 the year that you finally get your period back and restore your fertility. Hi, Reagan. Welcome to the Period Recovery Podcast. Hello. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yes, I am so excited to see you and hear you and be able to chat about your amazing journey over the past. Let's see, it's been, well, how many periods, regular periods have you had so far? That'll tell us. At least five or six. They came back like officially March, April. Yeah. And they've been, they've been there. It's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. So we're about ha- to the halfway point of the magical year of periods. So amazing. So Reagan is a pretty busy woman too. Like you're a nurse, right? In the ICU? Yeah. So you have a physically demanding job, right? Yes. I didn't realize how physically demanding that can really be. So yeah, on my feet all day. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, but just on your feet all day and just using that that mental, if you would call it thought processes. And so it's mental, really mental and, and physical. So which I think a lot of times, and we're going to get into how Reagan lost her period and all that stuff, but just thinking of it while we're on the topic that we're always like, oh, you know, the exercise is what could be doing it. And in your case, Reagan, we probably were running a little bit much, but you know, a lot of times there's women that are not exercising too much and but they have demanding jobs like you do. That can be taxing. And then on top of it, let's add in some exercise, right? Because as if, you know, running around all day isn't energy taxing enough. So I just wanted to throw that little tidbit out there. So let's dive right in, Regan, to your story. And so we know you're around five to six periods now, which is awesome. But let's like go like way flashback and tell us a little bit about how you think you lost your period. Yeah. So I'm originally from Nebraska and I made this big move up to Minnesota about August of last year. And with that move, I had I had ran in college and got my nursing degree in at this college. So I was coming fresh off all this stuff and got a new job up in Minnesota and ended up being a, a running group up there as well. And so I thought, like, hey, I'm going to do both. These are both two of my passions. I can balance both of these and just have an awesome, fun hobby on the side and tackle my first nursing job ever. And so I move up here August and things are going pretty good. With the running, it was a pretty substantial notch up 
from what I had been doing in college, I'd been a middle distance runner and I joined this group that involved a lot of long distance running, pretty just extensive workouts in that sense. So I'm running for just a while and doing these big interval workouts, but I was also tying this in with my nursing job. And so I was kicking that off, especially in the orientation months. That was pretty, uh, um, just a pretty intense time, but I was loving it. I was waking up at mm, 3.50, 4 a.m., running outside, running to the nearby track, hopping fences if I needed to, like doing doing it. Running upwards, I started where I was like doing seven miles and I'd be doing nine miles and total all these things, which is kind of new to me. Like it was not something I really did in college. I, like I said, I wasn't a long distance runner. So really taking it up the notch, but it was great. I was responding. It was I was getting stronger. But for sure, after a couple months of it, I mean, as I was getting into November, December, it was a lot. It was tiring. I'm just with the waking up super early, trying to get enough sleep, even noticing it was taking a little bit of sacrificing of even just a little bit of the social part. I mean, I felt like I was still able to balance that with my roommates because I have two, I have two roommates. I'd get home and you had to go to bed. You had to go to bed right away to be able to at least get, man, six hours, maybe seven hours just to wake up and, and work out in the morning. Again, just it's interesting to reflect on because I was totally like, yeah, woo, let's go. Like, and, and that's okay to an extent. I was, I mean, I was really passionate about it and really committed to it. And because I wanted to see results because this was track. So I'd be having this indoor season come the next new year, running some road races in the fall, early December. And I was seeing pretty decent results. I was seeing weight loss, which again, thinking back on it was a goal. It absolutely was a goal, especially how I felt how I should look as just a, just a long distance runner. I mean, it comes with it when you're doing all that running, all that calorie burning. I was eating substantially less, but I was thinking that was the right way to go. Cut down on the calories, try to lose weight actively, but also be burning just so much energy. And which is really quite an interesting combination, which I was soon to learn from Cynthia, which wasn't really doing me good. And so it was around that time, I'd say September, November. I'm really not sure about August because I wasn't paying too much attention, but I lost my period. It was disappeared. I really didn't think too much of it. If I'm going to be like super honest, I'm like, okay, like that's kind of convenient, like really weird thoughts to to look back on. It was convenient. And I'm like, okay, well, this is weird. I don't know why I lost it. I've always had it. I've never been on birth control. So it's always been present. Like I've never had to worry about it being irregular, but it, it disappeared. And I'm like, okay, we'll worry about that later. I don't know what that's about, but we're just going to go with it. I'm not going to stop what I'm doing <laughs> for this. And so time kept going on. I get into the January, February, March time frame and well, really January, February, I still didn't have my period, maybe an occasional spot every once in a while. Because at this point, I was realizing that I was getting really tired. I was getting super, super tired, a little burnt in a sense of just a lot of the effort I was putting into running. I was starting to run track races. Um, I got injured. I hurt my plantar fascia. I really tweaked my foot in a race in January. And so that was just aggravating. I was struggling to correct that and get that. So it wasn't giving me so much grief on the road when I was running. My sleep was suffering. I just felt torn down, torn down. I can't remember, Cynthia, when did I reach out to you initially? It had to have been around April, somewhere around there, because I was running at Drake Relays in Iowa. It was over in Iowa. You know, I was driving pretty far places to, to run some races. And it was at Drake Relays. I ran a race and I didn't feel like it went as well. I just didn't feel as strong. I was like, where is this power that I felt like I had a year ago? Like, I just feel worn down and really sad about it. And my teammate, one of the teammates I run with, she actually pulled me aside and she was just like, because she was uh, studying to be a nutritionist, not even nutritionist, I think like dietitian slash physical therapy is kind of a, I'm not honestly quite sure what degree she got, but she studies a lot of stuff and she pulled me aside and 
She's like, Reagan, I'm just, I'm concerned. Because sh- I had shared with them at this time, at this point, like, I hadn't got my period. Should I be worried about it? And all of them have been like, yeah, like, you want to get that back. Like, are you eating enough? And so I've been trying to eat more, trying to do a little more for that. But nothing had returned really consistently any means. I'd been just been spotting and doing this weird thing. And she told me, she's like, I think you should really think about yourself. You know, I don't know if you need a break, but I think that you should look a little more into that. And so I remember driving home from Drake Relays, just like so sad, so sad, so sad. Cause I was like, man, I maybe need to give up running for a little bit. That's traumatic to me. That was really sad. But I remember I, like, I think I just looked, I don't know if I looked up online, but I discovered your podcast and had been listening to that on the way home. And that had been making me cry more because I'm like, oh, this is like really real. This is like a real thing. And people battle this and it's not easy. And so that was like a really, really big moment. And I'm not going to say it was easy after that. I think I went back and forth about, you know, cutting back on running, eating more. Like th- that was a hard thing to wrestle with. But I reached out to Cynthia and ended up joining her program. And although it took me a little bit of some own self-reflection with her encouragement and also just all the ladies seeing their stories in the group, like really brought some insight into like, you want to do this. Like you want to do this. I had to get to that point where I wanted to do it. And I did. And I got there. And yeah, I've as of May, I called, I decided one of my last races would be in the middle of May. And I I did it and I was happy and then I was ready for this next like, okay, we're going to heal now. And really since May, I haven't, I've not competitively ran just that intense. I just took a really good break just to heal physically. And my body needed such a break. It was so tired and mentally, I needed just a huge reset on my view of exercise and just my goals in life. What exactly were my priorities? And yeah, it's been really good. It's been good since I've had my period back really like, uh, every month for um, since March, it came back, I got like my first real sign in April. And so I watched it ever since then. And it's just it's been back since then. It's been there. So yeah, that's my story. Amazing. Reagan, thank you so much for sharing that. And isn't it cool to after, you know, X amount of months after you went through all this like craziness with a missing period to be able to reflect and be like, wow, I was in a pretty difficult place and look where I am now. So, and then also too, you initially listened to my podcast. Did you ever think, oh my gosh, I might be one of those women on her podcast? No, absolutely not. But it's an honor to be that because man, we're all just real people out in the world doing this. And it's cool that I got to share this experience with everyone and for you for giving me this experience and just helping me along this journey because we all just want, you know, the best, we want the healthiest versions of ourselves and we all have our own uh, right to discover that. And yeah, so it's, it's an honor. So thank you again for having me. Yes, absolutely, Reagan. And I'm so excited to see you know where you were and where you are now. So I do have some questions that I know the audience is probably a little bit interested in. So one question is, your period went missing. Before it went missing, was there any, at least that you noticed, right? Because I don't know about you, but until I lost my period and I started to get it back, like I didn't pay it. Like, yeah, oh, my period came. Okay. Like, moved on. But like now I'm sure you pay a lot more attention. So did you notice any abnormalities before it just went missing completely? Yeah, I would say I wouldn't have known at the time. But after I lost my period and was thinking back on it all, 
I was definitely more irritable. I think that was, I think that's so valid. I was a lot more short tempered because I was wondering after I moved up, because this was about when I moved up to Minnesota and I joined my, my two roommates that I, I don't know, I was just like less fun to be around. I felt like I was super, I mean, this probably tied into like, I need to go to bed right now. I'm going to leave the living room or whatever. There's all these, these things. I just feel like I was less pleasant to be around. I didn't feel like myself because I remember thinking like, oh, that wasn't what you would have, you wouldn't have treated someone that way. That's not who you are. Like you're a nice person. I can remember having those thoughts, which is so interesting to think back on. And although there could be many factors into that, I am so certain that that was a player just with what I was, what was going through my body and my mind. I just think that was something that probably showed a little bit of a sign, just that things were a little out of whack with tiredness too. Just, I think all that combined, I, I definitely think that was one of my first signs, just irritable, unhappy. That's probably the biggest ones. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Reagan, because it's not always. Some women, when they lose their periods, they'll just, it'll be regular every month and then goodbye, gone. Sometimes they'll start to space out longer. Sometimes they'll get lighter. Sometimes a woman will continue to have a period but not ovulate. So there's all different ways in which it happens. So it could happen gradually or like right away. But as you're mentioning, it's like, well, maybe you were having a period, but you were noticing other physical signs and symptoms that your body wasn't getting enough fuel. And it's you know important to note this because some women will not lose their periods despite their under eating and over exercising. It just it basically comes down to genetics. So I like to say that losing your period is sort of a blessing because as long as you don't lose it for that long, because it makes you check in and realize like, okay, well, what is going on here with my body? Like what's going on? And hopefully if you'd explore it deeper, you might find out like, whoa, like I might have an obsession with working out or running or, oh, maybe I really did restrict my food and, you know, not living my life the way, you know, I should. So I appreciate you sharing those things because it can show up low energy availability can show up in in different ways. And again, some women may not even ever lose their period. So, okay. I want to know another thing. I heard you say you were a runner in college, so but it was more short distance, right? Yeah. Middle distance more. So I was doing a little bit of miles, but yeah, not this extensive mileage. You see long distance. And did you run in high school too? Mm -hmm. Okay. So pretty much running has been your identity since at least your teen years. Absolutely. (laughs) So in high school, college, then out of college, now running again. And I just remember our conversation, I think on our first call, and you're like, running is such a big part of my life. And I really don't want to, you know, completely give it up and so forth. And what for you, because I heard you say it's traumatizing even thinking about modifying your running. And so I guess what made you realize that you did have to make some modifications with your running and, and cut back and potentially eliminate for a short amount of time. I'm not going to say, I mean, it's it's just not easy. I mean, based off of just all that too, it's not an easy thing to do. And it took me a second. I think what pushed me over was being patient with myself on it. Like I knew that it wasn't something like if you asked me the first day, it would be like, absolutely not. I'm not going to give it up. And then, you know, a few more days go by, weeks go by. I mean, just thinking about thinking about it longer, being patient with myself, really reflecting on what I could gain if I do it, what my ultimate purpose is to, you know, on this earth, all these things that kind of was like coming back to how important is this right now in this moment? I mean, this running you're doing, 
it's fun, it's exhilarating, it's your passion. But you had brought up so many points too. I remember going through even just, you know, the workbook, just hearing other ladies talk about it too, which are things I needed to hear to eventually get to this point was that like longevity, like I can run later. Like that was kind of honestly a key thing is I can get healthy now. I can gain back my period. I can know that I'm treating my body with the most respect and get it back up to running a hundred percent. Cause also in this time, right, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm hurting. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm doing all these things. I'm not a hundred percent and I'm acknowledging that. So what could be the benefit of doing this? And although it took, it took a lot of back and forth, like one day I'd be like, yes, I can give up running. And the next day I'd be like, ah, I can't, I can't do it. Or a new race would come up. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to do that race. So okay, so I'm going to keep running. Like it really did take some juggling. And I know that we had a call too in the middle of this juggling where I was just not, I couldn't sell myself on it, but I was so torn because I knew, I think I I was getting to that point deep down where I'm like, I know this is the best for me and it'll be worth it. And so I think that's what finally caused me to make the big leap where if I do something about this now, I can actually be stronger and enjoy running even more like later on like I will love it even more I can be even more successful I could run a race stronger I mean I wasn't even in a when I was doing these races or even just these easy long runs because that's all of us we just want to enjoy exercise like I just wasn't enjoying it anymore it wasn't it wasn't just about me running track races or road racing it was just purely wanting to enjoy myself when I go exercising and like I wanted to get back to that to where I could just enjoy running and it could be an awesome part of my day I look forward to, but I could also focus on the rest of my life and other things in my life I want to have success in. Yeah. Amazing, Reagan. So now it can fit into your life versus you fitting into its life. And back in the day, in my HA days, Reagan, I did run and it was only for the mere fact that I wanted to control my body, right? And have a runner's body or what have you. Because I I remember hearing you say in the beginning of our recording about, you know, not so much you were trying to lose weight to maybe lose weight because you thought that was healthy, but more aesthetically to look like that runner. And for me, it was looking like what I thought health was like, you know, no bellies, maybe like abs, but, you know, flat stomach. And I ran my first 5k like I ran here and there since HA but I ran my first 5k race and I was a little bit apprehensive because anytime I've ran a race before it was purely purely for calorie burning purposes like that's it like I never really enjoyed running now I actually enjoy it like I'm like oh I thought I hated this and when you fuel yourself properly you give yourself enough rest you can enjoy the exercise you're doing. And you might, you know, to have some type of difference with it, if you're not enjoying it, you're almost like just telling yourself you enjoy it, right? I don't know if there was ever a point, Reagan, you're like, no, I I enjoy this. This is my thing, right? But like now being where you are and reflecting from where you were before, now can you say like if you do go out for a run here or there, do any type of exercise that you you really enjoy it and you feel good doing it? Yes, like 100%. That's been probably the most notable change. Because yeah, exercise is something now I take on a just a headspace basis. And it's been 
glorious because I'll go out, I'll, I've gotten excellent sleep. I've, I've eaten a great breakfast or a great lunch and the sun's out or it's a, a good time of the day and I can go on the most relaxing run. There's no pressure behind it, no pressure to lose a lot of calories to get a certain distance. I will just purely be enjoying it as it should be enjoyed. And it's game changing because I feel that relationship has has morphed into something I can just really enjoy. And now, I mean, it doesn't mean I can't, you know, run a race again one day or train for a half marathon. Like it's, there can be so much joy in that. And now that, although I'm not quite to that point where right now I'm just enjoying the leisure of just healthy exercise, eating and sleep. Although I can get back to that point, I, I find the beauty in just where I'm at right now. And so I 100% agree. <laughs> That's exactly what I felt. Absolutely. I mean, Reagan, it took me over 10 years to want to have that, I think you said mental space or just, you know, mind space of wanting to run a race. And the great thing now is like you can dictate however you want to your future exercise, what you want it to look like, what you want it, what you don't want it to look like. And over the years, mine has ebbed and flowed with, you know, maybe going back to the gym a little bit to doing some workouts at home to now recently, I started doing some rock climbing and mountain biking. And, you know, that would have never happened because I wouldn't have the mental space to do what I was regimentally doing, right? And then have some extracurriculars. So there's just so much opportunity coming for you. Yeah. I especially on that too, now that I've freed my mind from this strict regimen of running and running intense workouts and all these things, it's opened up the door to just not only other activities, but like just being more social. Like now I go on walks with my friends and I, that's okay. It would have been something I wouldn't have had time for before or not seen that. No, well, why don't we make it a run? Or why don't, I mean, all these things where it's just now I feel so much more full. My, my cup just feels more full because now I'm, yeah, I'm hiking with friends or I'm biking with friends. We're already made plans, you know, ice skating. I mean, these are activities. These are, this is exercise. Like these are things that you can look forward to and have fun with and change it up. And I like how you say about just the ebbing and flowing of your interests and you know what you're what you want to do. And I I really appreciate that because I, I relate to that very much. Yeah. And it's so cool because you I mean you can do anything that you'd like to do and know that you have a regular period now and know that if you do potentially dip your toes in a little bit too far with whatever it is maybe in the future that you're going to have the knowledge to be like, okay, what's up? What's going on? going on with me because you're now that you're you're that much more connected to your body. So I want to know, Reagan, for you, I know when we first started together, you were still doing some running. You wanted to finish up your last race and you were like, well, maybe I should wait, you know, to do this until I'm like completely done. And I think I might have come back and said, well, why don't you commit to it now? And so we can get you more fueled in the process, you know, versus like, well, let me wait and just continue on as I am and dig ourselves deeper into this HA. But I remember you you know, continuing to do some running when you did join the coaching program, but we really worked on your nutrition as well. So during that time, you're still doing a tidbit of running, hadn't gotten your period back yet. Do you remember like feeling any positive effects of eating more? And I think you were also resting a little bit more too than you would normally, but did you feel any benefits to that, such as maybe more mental space, something like that? Do you remember anything like that before your your period actually came back? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that transitional period too. Yeah. Where I was kind of in the middle of exactly what you're saying, just eating more, resting a little more. There was a difference and I should highlight that difference because I think that shoved me into the ultimate decision anyway to take a, a true break because I was seeing that improvement and just 
my behavior, my mood, my mood, I should say, just improving in that way, feeling way more, yeah, food wise, like, because again, I was still, I'm still balancing this full time nursing job. And I think that's where I showed it really revealed itself. I was having so much joy at work. I was getting through the work day. I wasn't hungry all the time. Cause that was one thing I was always snacking on. Everyone knew me as this like snacker on the floor or at least being the one who's hungry. Like I got to go, I got to go to lunch at this time. Cause I'm going to be starving because that was, especially in the, the midst of all the running, I was hungry all the time, but I wasn't always eating. I really wasn't always eating. It was trying to challenge myself to like, I know you're really hungry by 9am Reagan, but you're going to have to wait till one to two. Cause that's when your break is. And that's good because that's going to cause weight loss and nah, 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 and all these things. And that wasn't it. It was making my job way less enjoyable Although, like I should say, I, I mean, I loved my job, but comparing the beginning where I was doing all this running to like where I am now, it's so different. That's That has to be top of the list. Like the fact that I can go to my job now and I feel well rested and I'm not hungry all the time or when I am hungry, I grab my, my, my jerky stick from my bag or my banana. I mean, it's just, it's so freeing. And so back to your original question, yeah, eating more was huge. That was already revealing so many little things along the way, like, okay, this is like, hey, if you continue to do this and continue to scale back on that running, like you're going to really see the biggest benefits. So it was a tease into, it really was a tease into what was to come because yeah, I saw those kind of improvements. Yeah. Awesome. And here's the thing early on in recovery, one of our biggest things that we need to do is nutritionally rehabilitate our bodies. And just like if we'll use the example of you, Reagan, saying how you're pretty bitchy to your your roommates. And that wasn't the real Reagan. It was the hungry Reagan. And when our brains are starved, just like the rest of our bodies, as indication by feeling all the things that Reagan had shared, then of course, losing your period, like you just don't have the mental clarity, the mental rationalization to like stop and think or to be your happiest self because your body is literally in survival mode and has to stay on edge and your stress hormones are elevated. So that alone, if we don't get to that place of being able to rationally think and fuel our bodies, like that decision of you running or you know modifying and, and cutting back and eliminating, that decision was so much harder for you before you started eating a little bit more. And so nutritionally rehabilitating. So these women that may be listening to the podcast right now that are knee deep in HA, likely you don't have enough food. And so likely this whole process of period recovery, whether it's stopping running, eating more, gaining weight, is going to be 10 times more scarier because you do not really have the, we'll just call it brain power to know like, all right, if I do eat more and I do gain weight, it's really not the end of the world. Or if I have to stop running, it's really not the end of the world. But right now when you're not eating enough, I mean, could you vow, Dragon, like it probably felt like the end of the world when you were thinking about having to stop running initially. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that's spot on what you're saying because that's exactly how I was, I was feeling at the time. I think those small baby steps because of how I used the word earlier, traumatizing it is to to stop running, like taking those baby steps. And I like how you're saying too, if you can even just take a small one as as much as eating more, you might get a little taste of feeling better or it might inch you a little closer to that ultimate, even just cutting back. Like I keep saying, it took me a second. It really did. And I that's why I'm also passionate in this way because I, I understand, we all understand this is just not an easy, it's just not an easy thing to do. It's it's stopping doing something that 
you think is your whole life. And I think that if you can get even just open the door to some of these little changes, you'll be surprised at what that can do for you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Reagan, because I think that's a big, big component of the fear, right? And we'll talk a little bit about fear for a moment is losing that identity, right? Running, like you're so passionate about it. You eat, breathe, and sleep it. And so would you say, Reagan, your biggest fear in general was just giving up the running and losing that identity of who you thought you were? Or was it more like, oh my gosh, what if I gain a ton of weight? Or maybe it was a little bit of both. I think it was a little bit of both. I thought about that too, because in the beginning, I would have been a little stubborn to admit that it was weight related because it didn't feel so much that at the time it was, I think I was kind of covering that up with like weight loss to me meant running faster. And so I'd always default to, okay, this, this isn't really like you being obsessed with your weight. But as I was really in this battling reasoning period of eating more food, cutting back, like I think that kind of exposed itself that no, like this is related though to how you look at the same time. Like and that was humbling for me to to realize because I never wanted to throw myself in that category, which is just like nobody wants to admit that. At least I didn't. I should I should speak for myself and say I didn't want to admit that. But it was absolutely a bit of both because running was my life. But even if I could get past that point where like, oh, well, you can run later. You can do all these things. You can find other means of exercise. It was still that other piece that was hard to let go, which was the weight, which, okay, you're going to, you might lose some muscle tone here, or you might, you're going to maybe see the scale. But I was also weighing myself every day. Like there were so many pieces that it's like, I knew that if I could let go of that, I was so curious to see what kind of, what, what that would change in my life. And now that I have, I don't, I don't weigh myself every day. I don't weigh myself anymore. There's just these pieces that that was definitely, it was definitely both. It was definitely both of those. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that too, Reagan. What do you think for you? I heard you say on the running component, like your motivation to get through that fear was like, well, I can do this later and I'm going to have more longevity and so forth. What helped you kind of break that barrier of fear of potentially your body changing? You did a, such an excellent job because, and I say this for everyone too, who um, might be you know hesitant in this, which is going to be a lot of us, because although Cynthia was preaching wisdom, but I was still like, I'm, you know, when I was still in this battling. So I read more things. I informed myself. I was reading a little more like, no, this is real. This Cynthia is, I mean, this random lady on the podcast, she's, she's not crazy. Like it's, it was, she's completely speaking truth. She's speaking this hidden truth that a lot of people aren't aware of. So I read more on it. I, I gained more information on it. I, I read some of the books she referenced. I, I, realizing this is real. This is like an actual disorder. I think that was big for me to realize that you could hurt yourself way more than you can help yourself. And if you want to enjoy all these things later on, if you want to enjoy running with your older sister one day, if you want to train for a half marathon and be successful, because I'm not going to say that my competitive drive just like flew out the window that I just threw in the towel with all these aspirations. Like I have running so fun to me and it's so fun to me still. And so after I grasped that I could take that away from myself. If I don't get on this now, that was incredibly motivating to, to look towards the future and be like, hey, get a grasp on this now and you can continue to do what you love. And it doesn't have to be a stressor for you anymore like it is for you now. If that's answering your question, just looking looking for the future that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Looking for the future in a positive light helped you break through that fear, putting truth to behind of what could be. And literally, like 
projecting that out into if you want to might get a little woo woo here for a second, Regan, but like projecting what you want in the future out into the universe or whatever, you know, higher power thing that you believe in, you have the ability to write your story exactly how you want it when it comes to post period stuff. If you want to run a half marathon, if you want to become well, I don't know if you'll be able to become an Olympic athlete. I feel like you're just like born with that natural talent. Maybe we won't go that far, Reagan. But like, if you want to get into racing again, if you don't want to do anything at all, if you want to join a circus, whatever, like you can write it exactly how you want it. And so digging deep because that is possible. All the things that you are potentially putting on hold is all temporary and you can make it something more amazing than you could probably ever have imagined, especially when you're underfueled. Like your brain will only go so far in positive thinking. First step is always fueling, but that's amazing, Reagan. And your story is just so inspiring because I know there's so many out there that are runners and that running is such a big part of their life. And doing period recovery. I actually was talking with past client and she said one of the things that helped her stop doing her exercise, and I can't remember if she was a runner, but she said looking at it like, oh, actually she was a CrossFitter, looking at it like she got an injury, right? And literally a missing period is an injury. It's just not like a physical injury where you could see a cast or a sling or something like that, but it literally is. And we will stop running if we have broken our foot, Right. But we won't stop if we have a missing period, which can ultimately lead, if you haven't already had an injury, to more injuries. So, you know, but again, it's easier said than done. And I want to know for you, Reagan, is do you think, because some women can do this by themselves and that's awesome, but do you think you could have done this by yourself? And if you did, do you think it would have taken longer? Or are you kind of like, you know what, I'm just so glad I didn't do it by myself because it sped things up and it gave me a new perspective on so many things. Yeah, that's a great question. I thought about that too. In hindsight, I think I could have done it by myself, but reflecting on how that was hard for me to really immerse myself in the understanding of my injury I had, because that's exactly what it is. And that was huge for me to acknowledge that. I don't know, really though, I don't know if I could have had that push to make that decision. I know that when we had that second call, when we were, I was really struggling with this big decision that seemed, you know, just detrimental at the time, just as you're working through those emotions. I don't know if I could have made that jump. That's why I was so appreciative because I had you and these other women struggling with the same thing. I I don't know if I wouldn't, if I wouldn't have seen that or had that encouragement, just itty bitty encouragement, because you're so good at too, about being passionate about how this is hard. Like you, you, you keep saying like, yeah, it's as easier said than done. That's so true, but you really do teach that. And say that when you're talking to us in a really in a manner that's really important because if I would have just been told to stop cold turkey, I there's no way I would have done it. And so then thinking about myself doing it by myself, I don't know. I'm I'm a little stubborn and I don't know if I would have maybe taken that leap and trusted the process without the knowledge you were able to provide me looking into the future. Like, you know, hold on, this is gonna be worth it though. And I don't know if I would have convinced myself of that by myself. And so that's why I, I really do thank you for what you've done because I think I needed that. I needed that Band-Aid ripped off. I needed that exposure to what's going on so that I can ultimately make this decision by myself because we have to, in the end, make the decision for ourselves. And I hope that anyone listening at least can be, just be intrigued and just curious because I think that's how I started. And that might 
be the best place to start is just to be curious and look into it because it's you don't need to make a decision tomorrow about any huge lifestyle change, but just awareness is such a beautiful thing to start. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that, Reagan. And that awareness is so key. And just a tidbit of advice too, because we can stay in this awareness phase for a while, collecting all the information, like, let me read all the things and not put the action into play. So give yourself some time to be curious and aware, but then also give yourself, you know, I'm not saying like a hard deadline, but, you know, yourself the space to say, all right, well, all this stuff I'm learning about and hearing about being curious about now I have to put it eventually into action. And I think Reagan, I think women that work with me benefit for an array of reasons, but I think the reassurance of letting you know like you are doing the right thing, you are doing a hard thing, but it is the best, most healthy thing for your body. Because let's face it, we live in a world that is pretty much doing the opposite of what we're doing when we're trying to get our periods back, right? So they're eating less, they're moving more, and here we are doing the opposite, which can really throw a curveball in our mind in a lot of different ways. So I appreciate you sharing all that and and how things, you know, conspired for you and improved with getting the sport. So I got two last questions. One is any tips for women out there that are sort of just starting out or like in this like, mm, should I do it? Should I not, you know, go fully in with period recovery? I would just say kind of what I was just saying is to be patient and be patient with yourself, but be curious and ask questions. And I think the next biggest tip with that while you're doing that and exploring it is to kind of, you know, make a list of your priorities. I think that that was helpful for me to kind of take a step back because I knew I didn't have to give up running forever. And I think after I made up like a list or just even, you don't even have to make a list. You don't have to sit down and write down anything, but just really reflect on what you want the rest of your life to be. What What are your goals? What was your plan? And so I think that was helpful for me. And so I would just give advice to just think about that stuff looking down the road. We do only have one life here. And it's really important for me after I realized that was to really make the most of it. And so I think that was really helpful for me. So I would advise to do that and just to ask questions and just give yourself some grace through this matter because it's just not easy. But there's a lot of women that are in the exact same boat. And that was incredibly encouraging for me. And just remember that as well. So you're not alone. <laughs> yes, I appreciate you sharing that, Reagan. And so last but not least is a question I always like to ask is because, you know, getting your period back is just not just about getting your period back, but it's really, you know, I, I take a lot of pride in supporting women to get you know, a part of their life back too. So how are you living now, Reagan? What is going on in your life and how are you living now? So living now, I'm still up in Minnesota, rocking it as a nurse, loving my job. I enjoyed the weather, the sun while it was here. It's starting to go away <laughs> up in the cold state of Minnesota. But right now I've been slowly just here in September, honestly, I just started to take up as we've talking about this kind of leisurely running, going a lot of walks. I run, I do a lot more journaling. I do a lot more of my own meditation in that way and just take up into my spiritual practice. It's been so rewarding. This summer, as I've taken this, just a step back from running where it's opened up a lot of doors, I decided to apply back to graduate school. Gave me a lot of time and energy to focus on that, a lot of preparation for it. And I was able to recently interview for it and I I got in. So I I now I can go, I will make a move back to to my home state in Nebraska and I'll be able to put a lot of my focus and energy into that and I'll continue to just 
learn so much and take it all in here in Minnesota before I go back. So and slowly incorporate a little bit of running. I'm excited to go back to Nebraska because my sister who loves to run, I can already imagine, you know, maybe before class, we can get an easy run in together and catch up and it's just going to be so great. So Thank you for sharing, Regan. So much to look forward to in your future and so exciting because a lot of times these possibilities and these dreams that we we have are sometimes so taken by the fact that we're living these lives of worrying about exercise and food and our bodies and so forth. So it's just amazing to see you. I mean, you're an amazing spot with your career before and now. I mean, the opportunities are going to be endless for you. So I'm so excited for you. And so appreciate you taking the time out of your day to share your story and inspire so many women across the world. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Hi guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take a moment to think and reflect on how this could be helpful in your period recovery journey. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the period recovery podcast. We know there are a lot of pods out there, and I'm so excited and grateful you are here listening with me. If you need more support on your period recovery journey, schedule a time to chat with me on my website, periodnutritionist.com. If you found this podcast helpful, please help me spread awareness on missing periods by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing this podcast with others. Are you ready to get your period back and your life back? I'll see you in two weeks.